I like this passage of scripture. Um, you're, you're not allowed to have like uh, favorites, I guess, but, but I like this one. I like them all. They're like children. You know, you, you love them all, but I, I do like this one. I like Mark's, um, telling of the story of the resurrection. Um, because, because it's, it's different. It's shorter. It has that abrupt ending and it's, it's different than the other ones. The ones that you just heard in the song about the angels sitting on the tombstone and things like that. Uh, it's different. It's shorter. And what I like most of all about it is there's no Jesus. That in, in the way Mark tells the story, Jesus has already left the building. Jesus is like a coffee achiever. Jesus is a morning person. And by the time the, the women get there, Jesus is already out doing things. He's, he's a busy guy. And, and we don't even see him in Mark's gospel. Now we know from the other, the other accounts of the, the resurrection, the morning of Easter, we know that, that Jesus did appear to people. He actually appeared later on to the women and then even later still to some of the, the men. And over the course of the next several weeks, he appeared to a lot of the disciples. And in, in one of his letters, Paul tells us that at one point, Jesus appeared to a large crowd. Over 500 people saw the risen Lord Jesus. So we know Jesus appeared to people, but not in Mark's gospel. In Mark's gospel, Jesus is not here. So I like that because that's kind of our story, right? Jesus left the planet for for uh, ever, as far as we know, uh, 40 days after the resurrection. Jesus spent some time in Galilee and in Jude, Jerusalem, but then he ascended into heaven. He said, I'll be with you forever. And then he went away and no one has seen him except maybe in a vision or in a dream. Uh, the scriptures tell us there are dreamers, there are visionaries. And so people have seen visions of Jesus from time to time, but Jesus himself has been in heaven and uh, no one has seen him. I, I mean, I, I could ask for a show of hands, but now you'd feel weird. Um, has anyone seen Jesus? Most of us, the answer is going to be no. We have not seen Jesus. And that means Mark is really, in a way, the gospel for us. We believe in Jesus, many of us, but not because we saw him personally. We are not in that group of people, that uh, couple of hundred, maybe maybe as many as possibly a thousand people who saw the risen Lord Jesus when he was on earth. We're in the great company of all the saints since then who believe in Jesus because of the testimony of others. So Mark is really speaking to us. There's another reason I like Mark's gospel, and that's because at the end, uh, the women flee from the tomb. They've been told what to do, and they flee from the tomb, and they go out, and they don't do it. And I have a lot of of, uh, that in my own life. Um, there's a, there's a, there's a preacher named Jim Bergen in, in Colorado and he puts it this way. He says his most common prayer, the prayer that he prays the most is, dear God, no, in Jesus name, amen. And sometimes that's my prayer. Now we know again from the other accounts of the gospels that, that the women did eventually go out and tell people. So they did not stay quiet forever, but there was that time, that season in their life when they knew what God wanted them to do and they didn't do it. And I think that's another reason that a lot of us can connect with this passage um, from Mark's gospel account. So it is it is an interesting it is an interesting uh, account of the resurrection because it doesn't include Jesus, and because so many of us can relate to the way the women failed to obey or at least to obey immediately. But there is, despite the fact that it's missing so many of the familiar parts of the Easter story, there is one detail that only Mark includes. And it is a it is a wonderful way of coming to grips with what the gospel is really about, and and really in a way helping us to decide whether or not we want to trust Jesus, not just to believe in Jesus. Yes, there was a Jesus two thousand years ago, and 
Yes, his disciples said he rose, but really to decide what do you believe personally about Jesus? Do you believe that Jesus uh, rose from the dead? And more than that, are you willing then to trust him? Are you willing to lean your lives against what Jesus says, against against what Jesus tells you is good and right and true? And it is this detail that I want to talk about in the scriptures today. So we'll be looking at them. If you've got if you've got your scriptures handy, let's go ahead and take a look at um, Mark 16, verses 1 through 8. It says, When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome bought spices. Jesus had been crucified on Friday, and he died actually pretty close to sundown. And the way that the calendar worked in those days, the, the, in that area, was daytime was, was recorded from sundown to sundown. So they wanted to get Jesus buried before the Sabbath arrived because they couldn't bury him on the Sabbath. So there was this kind of hurried burial uh, late on Friday to, to take care of the body of Jesus. And then the Sabbath intervened. So for from Friday night all the way until Sunday night, nobody could do anything. No one could do any work. But when the Sabbath was over, in the evening on Saturday, the women went out and they bought spices so that they could anoint his body. And then very early on the first day of the week, um, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. So the next day they, they get up, uh, they want to be, they want to have enough light because they're going to be going into a tomb that's carved into the side of a hill, but they also don't want it to be so late in the day that things have started to warm up. So they want to get in there uh, as early as they can. And uh, they went to the tomb and they had been saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? And when they looked up, they saw the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. The way that graves were typically constructed in those days is there'd be kind of like um, a mausoleum that was carved into the side of a hill. And they would put bodies there uh, uh, for a period of time after after the burial. And uh, they're saying uh, the the mausoleum, the, the, the tomb, has got a, got a hole carved in the front, and then there's a stone that's been put in a slot. The stone is a round-shaped stone, stone, and it rolls back and forth, but it's very heavy. And the women are saying, who's going to take care of that for us? But as it turns out, they don't have to deal with it because it's rolled away when they get there. And they entered the tomb. They saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. I love that detail, sitting on the right side like we care. There's nothing significant about that. But Mark is just a concern that we get the full story the way he heard it from the people who told him about Easter morning. As small as it is, he's telling us details that he got from the original sources. So the young man was sitting on the right side of the tomb, and they were alarmed. Do you think? (laughs) Jesus had been executed as a public enemy two days before. The Roman government had decided he was enough of a threat that it might be, there might be something to these rumors that he was going to try and take over the country. He was going to foment a rebellion. They decided, you know what? Let's just err on the side of caution. Let's just execute him. And so they go in there looking for Jesus and he's not there. But who is this fellow? Who is this guy who's in the tomb? Is he going to arrest us now? You know, are we in trouble? Um, so, so they're alarmed and, and alarmed is probably a, a nice way of putting it. But he says to them, don't be, don't be alarmed. And then he says, you're looking for Jesus of Nazareth who is crucified. He has been raised. He's not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. And then he goes on. He says, but go tell his disciples and Peter. I love that. And Peter, uh, 
Why, why Peter? Because the other disciples had simply fled into the night. When Jesus was arrested, they just escaped. But Peter followed along behind Jesus and denied him time after time. When a middle school girl says, do you know who Jesus is? He says, I never heard of the man. So go and tell his disciples and Jesus. Go and tell them that he's going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. And then they go out and they don't do what the angel told them or they don't do it right away. They go out in fear and a terror and amazement had seized them and they said nothing to anyone for they were afraid. So I'm curious. I'm curious as I read this passage, I wonder to myself that detail that only Mark includes. Mark says they had been wondering as they went there. They've, they've got their plan. They went and they bought the spices. They got up early enough that they wouldn't have any trouble with the heat of the day. They've got their plan but there's a there's a hole in their plan. There's one thing that they have been wondering, who is going to roll the stone away? And so I wonder, who did roll the stone away? In fact, I wonder why did the stone get rolled away? Do you think do you think it was to let Jesus out of the tomb? You know, Jesus has just escaped the bonds of death. Jesus has prevailed against the gates of hell. Does Jesus need somebody to roll the stone away from this tomb so he can get out? Of course not. Even 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 during his earthly ministry, we saw Jesus had some unique characteristics. He walked on water, for example. Maybe he can go through walls. And we see for sure um, the risen Lord Jesus has this uncanny ability to go where he wants. Um, he he is in a room with some disciples having having communion or, or a, a meal and. When he decides to leave, he's just gone. Um, he, he sees other disciples. They're in, locked in a room because they're afraid, and Jesus just shows up among them. The wall is not a problem for Jesus. We don't know how that works. We don't know if there's some kind of a CGI special effect. We don't know. But Jesus just is there when they thought that he couldn't get there. So I don't think that the tombstone being rolled away was so that Jesus could get in, could get out. It was so the women could get in. It was so the women could get in, and then later on, when they went and told the men, so the men could get in. So, the tomb, the, the stone has been rolled away so that the, the women can see, uh, that Jesus is missing. But it's that, it's that question before that. Who, who raised, who rolled the stone away? Uh, we don't know. It just says that it had already been rolled away. Now, again, if we go off and look at some of the other passages of Scripture, the, the parallel accounts in Matthew and John and Luke, we find that uh, it says an angel or an earthquake or maybe an angel shoving a rock so hard it sounds like an earthquake. Um, but there was some divine intervention that rolled the, the stone away, and that's not a surprise. We expect that. We don't think that the stone got rolled away by earthly means. But it says that the stone was was rolled away, and we don't even know how that happened. It just says, when they got there, the stone, had was very large, had already been rolled back. And I think that this is the question we have to keep in mind when we're trying to evaluate what we believe about Jesus and whether or not we want to trust him, to, to lean our lives against him. Because we're in the position of these women. We don't get to see Jesus. Jesus is probably not going to appear for him. Uh, in your car, when you go out to your car, although if you can, if he does, you can be alarmed. Um, when you go out to your car after the service, uh, Jesus will probably not appear to you. We are in the position of the women who simply hear something that other people tell us about Jesus. But we do have one fact that the women, 
experienced. And this happens to people around us as well. It says, the stone was already rolled away. Jesus eliminated this obstacle so that they could do the thing that they thought would honor God. They thought that they could honor Jesus by going out and anointing his body. See, we talk, we talk in the church about how, how we are, we are freed from slavery to sin. You heard the passage from Romans where the apostle talks about how, how we are freed from sin. We are freed from bondage to sin. And this is what the apostle is talking about is that we all know what's right. We, you know, very few, very, you know, there are some moral ambiguous cases, but most of the time we know what's right. The problem is we just don't do it. And what the apostle says is that Jesus' death and resurrection has freed us from the power of sin. We can be like the women. We can go out. We can face the risk of arrest. We can, we can face the problems in our life. And because Jesus is alive, because Jesus has been raised, we can do it knowing that he will roll stones away for us. This is, this is what probably those of you who are Christians, those of you who have known Christians, can tell you happens is that is that the thing that we were worried about in our life just wasn't there when we got there we were thinking that this would be a problem but when it actually when when the time came it just wasn't a problem after all this is the testimony we hear from people people who are struggling with addictions people who don't know if they can make it to the end of the day without taking another drink but because Jesus has risen they find that they can get there they find that the stone is rolled away. The single parent, the single parent wondering how she's going to make ends meet while taking care of her kids. And the thing that looms so large in her, the stone that she wonders, how is that ever going to get rolled away? When she puts one foot in front of the other, when she does the thing that she believes God is calling her to do, she finds that it's not there when she arrives. The widow who's struggling with grief breaks into tears every time she gets out the checkbook because Bob always used to take care of the checkbook. Finds that when she looks back, the thing that had loomed so high for her turned out not to be a problem at all. That that is the testimony of Christians, not just today, but down through the years. People look back in their life and they see here and there. Five years ago, there was that that one stone that Jesus rolled away from me. Back there, there was that stone. I remember that one. And Jesus rolled it away too. The testimony of one saint after another that Jesus is alive and Jesus rolls away stones. The other thing it gives us is it gives us confidence that really the results are up to God. All we've got to do is just get up and go out to the graveyard. If the stone's rolled away, great. If it's not, that's not our problem. That's up to God. And that lets us take on great challenges. It lets us take on challenges that are superhuman, that are bigger than we can imagine doing. It lets us take on the Roman Empire because that's what happened. A few weeks after the resurrection, these disciples who are huddled in a room somewhere hiding from the authorities are out boldly proclaiming the good news that Jesus has risen. And they went from being a secret underground movement to being an obscure religious cult and then pretty soon a well-known religious cult. And within 200 years, despite oppression and persecution, they became the state religion of the Roman Empire. 200 years ago, British evangelicals said the slave trade is an abomination and it needs to be halted. 
They took on a, a, a challenge that the whole world had always been aware of and has always just accepted as part of the background of human life. And they said, it has to be halted. So they took on the task. And when they got there, they found stone after stone after stone rolled away. Yesterday was the anniversary of the assassination of Martin Luther King. Friday night was the anniversary of his last public address. And he ended the address this way. He said, he said, like any man, I would like to have a long life. Longevity has its place. But I have been to the mountain. I have seen the promised land. And I may not get there with you, but I know that we as a people will get to the promised land. My eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Martin Luther King Jr. and the others in the Southern Christian Leadership Conference who began the Civil Rights Movement, they were willing to take on a task that they didn't know how it would turn out because they knew that it wasn't up to them. They knew that their job was to honor God with the daily life. And that's what they did. And they changed the world because Jesus is alive and Jesus still rolls back stones. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks that Jesus is alive. We give you thanks that as we, like these women, go out day after day and do what seems impossible or uh, seems to be an insurmountable challenge to the the task that that we are trying to do, that as we seek to, to honor your will for our life, that you are faithful and that you move the stones away one after another. And some of us, Lord, can give thanks as we look back and we see a field littered with stones. Others are overcome by the knowledge of the stone that is facing them right now, Lord. And we pray that you would give them the strength to progress, to make the next step, to go through the next day. And Lord, when the time comes, let them turn around and see that stone that you've rolled away for them. We pray all these things through Christ, our risen Lord. Amen.